Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 185 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Pitto. The year was 1841. 35-year-old John Lloyd Stevens suddenly had a lot of time on his hands. U.S. President Martin Van Buren had appointed Stevens special ambassador to the Federal Republic of Central America, a young and struggling country that fell apart while he was stationed there. Stevens, a man who had already explored many parts of the world, decided to take a look around Central America and Southern Mexico. He was joined by his friend and former traveling companion, the English artist and architect Frederick Catherwood, who would document their discoveries with intricate illustrations and diagrams. Stevens chronicled their adventures in two books, In his books, he dazzled the English-speaking world with his descriptions of the fascinating jungle-encrusted lost city that the locals called Ushmal. Scholars debate the origin of the word, but many believe the name comes from the Maya word Uchmal, which loosely means that which is to come. Others believe that it comes from another Maya word, Oshmal, meaning three times built. Stevens documents his second visit to Ushmal with Catherwood in his 1843 book, Incidents of Travel in Yucatan. The book captivated American audiences. Here is how Stevens describes his return on horseback to the ruined city. Quote, in ten minutes, emerging from the woods, came out upon the open field in which, grand and lofty, as when we saw it before, stood the house of the dwarf. But the first glance showed us that a year had made great changes. The sides of the lofty structure, then bare and naked, were now covered with high grass, bushes, and weeds, and on top were bushes and trees twenty feet high. The house of the nuns was almost smothered, and the whole field was covered with a rank growth of grass and weeds over which we could barely look as we rode through. The foundations, terraces, and tops of the buildings were overgrown. Weeds and vines were rioting and creeping on facades and mounds, terraces, and ruins were a mass of destroying verdure. A strong and vigorous nature was struggling for mastery over art, wrapping the city in its suffocating embraces and burying it from sight. It seemed as if the grave was closing over a friend and we had arrived barely in time to take our farewell. Since the days of Stevens and Catherwood, the main buildings of Ushmal have been cleaned up and restored by the Mexican government almost to their original splendor. The site has a mysterious history and some of the most unique architecture in the ancient Maya world. In 1996, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, declared Ushmal a World Heritage Site. The city thus joined other famous pre-Hispanic Mexican cities, Chichen Itza, Teotihuacan, El Tajin, Monte Alban, and Palenque. 
When the Spanish arrived in the western Yucatan Peninsula in the 1540s, they easily stumbled upon the ruins of Uxmal because the city lies between two major Spanish colonial towns, Merida and Campeche, in what is called the Puk Hills. In the 1550s, there were still people living there among the crumbling buildings, although the city's most important time was five centuries before. Archaeologists are not sure when people started living at the site, although most researchers generally agree that Uxmal's rise to prominence began around 850 AD. There are two local stories about the development of the city. One claims that Uxmal was founded around 500 AD by a man with five names, Hun, Huitzil, Chak, Tutul, Shu. The other story involving the origins of the city's rise to prominence and its monumental architecture is more fanciful and magical. According to legend, it involves a witch, an egg, a disgruntled king, and a dwarf with special powers. Long ago, an old woman lived on the outskirts of the town of Ushmal, which was not big or influential in the region at the time. In fact, it was ruled by a petty king, and there were no large stone buildings in the settlement when the old woman lived there. The townsfolk knew the old woman was a witch, and they kept their distance from her because they feared her magical abilities. What the people of the town of Ushmal did not know is that the old witch was very lonely and was sad that she did not have children. One day she found a strange egg in the forest and brought it back to her small house. She put the egg in the corner and waited for it to hatch, wondering what would emerge from the egg. After a few days, a baby appeared, and the old witch was delighted because she would finally have the opportunity to raise a child. The baby was curious, smart, and precocious, and matured quickly, but never grew in size. He was ultimately a dwarf. The witch had great plans for her son and thought that one day he would rule over this little town. She prompted him to challenge Ushmal's king for control of the city. The king was amused by the dwarf and decided to take him up on his little game. The first part of the challenge was to see who could build a straight road between the towns of Ushmal and Kabah. With his magical powers, the dwarf made a beautiful road out of glistening white limestone over the course of the day. The petty king was furious and issued another challenge to the uppity little man. The ruler told the dwarf to build the tallest building in the town, and if he didn't, he would be killed. Overnight, he met the ruler's challenge and built the unique Pyramid of Ushmal, known today as the House of the Dwarf or the Pyramid of the Magician. The king was even angrier and issued a final challenge. They would gather up a hard fruit grown in the area called Cocoyote and would hit each other over the head with the fruits. Before the challenge, however, the dwarf returned home and his mother, the witch, rubbed a magical corn tortilla on his forehead. So when the king hit the dwarf in the head with the hard cocoyote fruit, nothing happened to him. On the third try of the dwarf hitting the king on the head, though, the king was fatally wounded and died. The magical dwarf was made king of Ushmal and built up the backwater town into an impressive city of stone. The architecture at Ushmal is impressive and probably not because of the influence of a magical dwarf. 
Most of the larger buildings at the site were built sometime between the years 850 and 900 AD, although archaeologists are not exactly sure. The building tradition found at Ushmal is known as the Puk style and is named for the surrounding hills and region. According to Wikipedia, the Puk style is exemplified by, quote, buildings decorated with carefully cut veneer stones set into a concrete core. The lower portion of the facades are blank, with a flat surface of rectangular blocks punctuated by doorways, while the upper facade is richly decorated with intricate stone mosaics, often alternating repeated geometric elements with more elaborate figurative sculpture. Long-nosed masks, commonly believed to be the Maya rain god Chalk, are found on many Puk buildings." End quote. The tallest structure in Ushmal is undoubtedly the large stepped pyramid named after the magical dwarf. In Spanish, it is referred to as El Adivino. It is unusual in the Maya world in that it has a curved or rounded appearance instead of being straight and angular. The temple at the top of the pyramid makes the structure almost 100 feet tall. The house of the dwarf was built during five separate construction periods. Unlike many other pyramids throughout Mesoamerica, this one has some of its previous layers visible. Construction probably began on this structure around 800 AD. This building was originally painted red and had black, blue, and yellow accents. At the top of the pyramid around the frieze of the temple, there are 12 elaborately carved masks. Archaeologists originally thought that these masks represented the Maya rain god Chak, but recent scholarship suggests that they are symbolic of 12 sacred mountains located nearby. West of the House of the Dwarf is another of the city's impressive structures, Casa de las Moncas, or the Nunnery Quadrangle. The building complex was named by Diego López de Cogolludo, a Spanish Franciscan friar who explored the ruins in the 1600s and wrote a book called Historia de Yucatán, or in English, History of Yucatán. Lopez and other Spanish explorers thought the building complex looked like a convent with its 74 small rooms and central common area. Archaeologists do not know what function the Casa de las Monjas served, but theorize that it may have been a palace, an administrative complex where rulers lived and where government officials carried out their various functions. The complex was built in various stages. Researchers found a partial calendar date on one of the buildings indicating that the last edifice was constructed in the year 906 AD. Each of the four buildings in the quadrangle has a unique look and was built on a different level. The carved stone designs on the nunnery are some of the most detailed and beautiful in the entire Maya world. The western building of this complex has the most intricately decorated facade, featuring intertwined stone snakes and numerous masks, featuring the hooked-nosed Chak, god of rain. South of the Pyramid of the Magician exists a long and low-lying building sitting atop a platform called the Governor's Palace. It has the longest decorated facades in all of ancient Mesoamerica. The decoration of these facades features some 400 glyphs of the planet Venus among the 103 carved masks of chalk. 
alongside elaborate lattice patterns, cloud figures, and human images. Eight two-headed stone serpents slither above the main doorway to this palace. Archaeologists also debate the purpose of this building. With its many Venus glyphs and its curious alignment, it may have had some astrological significance. Others think that in this case the name suits the building and the governor's palace may have had offices having to do with collecting taxes or serving some other administrative functions. There are many other interesting buildings at Ushmal. While not being so impressive in scale, they do exude their own unique charm. One such building is called La Casa de los Tortugas, or the House of the Turtles. It is a rather small building compared to those previously mentioned, but the ancient Maya decorated the building's facade with beautiful lifelike carvings of turtles that seem as if they are crawling across the structure. Ushmal also has a ball court which is presently in pretty poor condition. The original rings on the side of the court have been replaced with replicas. The Mexican National Institute of Anthropology and History was afraid of further exposure to the elements. For more information about the ancient Mexican ball game, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 53. While much of the grand architecture of this site has been preserved, very little is known about Ushmal's complex history. Most of the hieroglyphic inscriptions at the site exist among the various stelae, the large stone monoliths found throughout the ancient Maya world that depict the noble deeds and lineages of kings and queens. Some of the stelae at Ushmal were intentionally toppled and defaced, indicating either warfare or civil unrest. The city fell from glory at about 1000 AD, when most of the classical Maya world was collapsing. While locals still inhabited the site off and on for hundreds of years later, Ushmal never returned to its former splendor. The lost city of the dwarf still keeps many secrets, and the full story of Ushmal continues to be told. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books, Mexico Unexplained and Mexican Monsters, to get hard copies of the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time thank you and gracias thank you for listening to another episode of mexico unexplained with host robert bitto for show summary relevant links and commentary please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com like us on facebook and be a part of the conversation adios and hasta la vista